I never understood wind. You know, I know windmills very much. I've studied it better than anybody. I know it's very expensive. Welcome to today's Jolt. It's the 25th of October. I'm Sam Morgan, your host. Later in the episode, we're going to look into the European Union's latest attempt to turbocharge the wind power sector with a raft of new rules and measures. Hopefully, after we're done, you'll understand wind a bit better, unlike former US President Donald Trump. First though, let's kick off by taking a look at the stories making headlines around the world. First up, the global shift to renewable energy is unstoppable, according to the International Energy Agency's latest Outlook report. Half of the world's electricity will be sourced from clean sources by 2030, but fossil fuel phase-outs are progressing at too slow a pace for the globe to stay within a 1.5 degrees warming scenario. Investments in coal, oil and gas need to be halved to start meeting targets, the report adds. One statistic that particularly jumped out at me was the fact that global solar PV now generates more power than the entire US electricity system combined. That really does emphasise how much potential there is in that particular sector. Fatih Barol, the head of the IEA, summed it up best, saying the transition to clean tech is no longer a matter of if, but how soon. UK energy bills are forecasted by analysts to rise next year and not dip below pre-crisis levels for the rest of the decade, as high gas prices continue to wreak havoc on household budgets. Cornwall Insights, a leading analytics firm, predicts costs per megawatt hour will increase from an average of £96 this year, that's about €110, to nearly £130, or €149. More renewables will be connected to the grid, of course, but not in sufficient quantities to drag the price below the £80 mark that consumers enjoyed before the crisis was triggered by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. California hit an energy storage milestone by installing enough batteries to power 6.6 million homes for up to four hours, new data shows. The US's most populous state has increased storage capacity by nearly 800% in just four years and now has 6,600 megawatts installed. Another 1,900 megawatts is expected to be added by the end of the year alone as California pursues its target of a 100% clean energy grid by 2045. Governor Gavin Newsom said his state is showing the rest of the globe how to fight climate change. It's hard to argue with that, given these kind of results. Japan signed an agreement with Denmark to team up on developing floating wind energy, as the land of the rising sun aims to invest big in offshore renewables and go carbon neutral by 2050. The two countries will aim to develop global standards for floating wind, and Japan is set to publish a strategy for the sector in March 2024. China smashed yet another clean energy record by installing a massive 129 gigawatts of solar PV between January and September, new data shows. That is more capacity freshly added to its grid than Germany has in total. That is incredible. 
Nigeria is on course to receive 500 mini-grid installations powered by solar over the next five years. After a US energy firm raised more than $100 million to meet its objectives. The US International Development Finance Corporation and the European Investment Bank are among the project's backers. Sub-Saharan Africa accounts for 75% of global population that has no regular access to electricity, and microgrids are seen as a viable way of bringing power to rural and isolated communities. Energy analysts estimate that Africa will need 100,000 mini-grids to fully electrify, illustrating that this project is just a drop in the ocean, albeit a very worthwhile one. of Brazil's total emissions are from food production, a new study has revealed. Indirect greenhouse gas emissions caused by deforesting land to convert it into grazing pastures and crop fields is by far the most significant factor in Brazil's carbon footprint, which is the fifth biggest globally. Brazil's beef sector alone would place it in the top 10 emitters, out-polluting Japan, just to give some scale of the problem. Stay tuned to Foresight next week, when the latest edition of the Policy Dispatch will dive even deeper into what Brazil is doing and whether the recent change of president is having any impact. You won't want to miss that one. That's it for today's news updates. Now, let's take a closer look at the story of the moment. Let's play a quick game of word association. What's the first thing that pops into your head when I say the following phrase? Renewable energy. I'm probably not wrong in saying that for many of you, a wind turbine was your first thought. That's no surprise given that wind power is one of the most well-established and ubiquitous forms of clean power generation. More than 100 countries worldwide now have some amount of wind generation hooked up to their grids, and the number of turbines is increasing on a nearly daily basis. But despite being one of the cheapest options for new power generation, onshore wind in particular is extremely competitive per megawatt uh, against solar PV and other forms of cheap energy, a number of reasons have conspired against the sector and contributed to a slump in recent years. This week, the European Union attempted to revitalise the industry with a new tailor-made action plan. Wind power has been a bit in the doldrums lately. In 2022, just 17 billion euros was invested into the sector in Europe, its lowest amount since all the way back in 2009. Just one year earlier, in 2021, investments topped 41 billion euros. It's not like the future is uncertain for clean energy in general. The EU has ambitious targets to hit more than 40% renewables by 2030. And there's also the net zero 2050 benchmark, guiding the green transition ship towards a rather predictable destination. Billions of euros are also on offer for countries to decarbonise their power systems, and a new EU-wide strategy to cut Russian energy dependence, triggered by the ongoing war in Ukraine, has only steeled minds and shifted focus towards homegrown power solutions. So what has gone wrong? Why has the money stopped flowing? Inflation, of course, sent costs into the stratosphere, and there are also significant supply chain issues that are still somewhat of a hangover from the pandemic. Investors and project developers have pushed the pause button as a result, waiting for the clouds to clear 
and the sun to come back out. Last year, that meant that not a single offshore wind farm reached final investment decision, and just 16 gigawatts was added to national grids. According to trade body Win Europe, 31 gigawatts need to be added every year if that 2030 target stands a chance of being met. It's all a bit grim, really. Or is it? Yesterday, the European Commission, that's the EU's executive branch, published a new wind power package as part of an ongoing bid to restore investor confidence in the sector and to shore up an industry that is going to play a vital role in hitting clean energy targets. Here's how the head of the EU's Green Deal, Maros Shevchevich, announced the package. We want wind power to continue to be a European success story, both from an energy and industry perspective, because it is indeed a European success story. But our industry is now facing serious challenges. Insufficient and uncertain demand, slow and complex permitting, lack of access to raw materials, high inflation and commodity prices, unsupportive national tender design, increased pressure from international competitors and risks to the availability of a skilled workforce. The package we present today is our immediate response to these complicated challenges. The EU Commission cannot set regulations and obligate member countries to install wind power specifically, as that goes against the long-established tenet that governments are free to decide on their own energy mixes. If they meet their targets, they can get there however they want, essentially. So the support has to be a bit more nuanced and targeted than that. The new package includes recommendations to improve permitting processes, one of the main hurdles that wind power projects are struggling to overcome. Before the end of the year, the Commission is going to launch an online tool to help governments digitalise their procedures. In many countries, proposals still need to be lodged in person and using reams and reams of paper. I'm looking at you, Germany. Another measure will be improving how auctions are designed. Energy Commissioner Kadri Simpson explains here what that will involve. We propose that member states use pre-qualification criteria, such as environmental sustainability and cybersecurity requirements to select qualified contractors for participating in auctions. If we spend billions to develop new projects, we should mitigate the risks for implementation, for the level playing field and uh, for security. So this is how Europe is partly trying to address wind power's slump. China is powering ahead as usual, setting clean energy records on a seemingly monthly basis. In August, a new experimental turbine generated 384 megawatt hours over just a 24-hour period. That's enough to power 170,000 homes. The threat posed by Chinese industry to European manufacturers is a big geopolitical consideration, one without a simple answer and is visible if you read between the lines of the EU's thinking on auction design, by pushing for the inclusion of, for example, cybersecurity criteria in tenders. A reported antitrust probe into Chinese turbines looks like it will not move forward anytime soon, however, as the EU has already upset the apple cart somewhat by launching an inquest into Chinese electric vehicles. Meanwhile in the US, The Inflation Reduction Act offers up hundreds of millions of dollars for various clean tech applications. That is starting to galvanise the industry somewhat. This week, New York State announced its largest investment ever in renewables, including three offshore wind and 22 land-based projects. Once completed, they will meet 12% of the state's power needs. 
New York is targeting 9 gigawatts of offshore wind by 2035. So, slump over? Maybe don't call it a comeback. Wind's been here for years. For some initial reaction to the EU's wind plan, I managed to chat with Danish member of the European Parliament, Morten Pearson. Morten is vice chair of the Influential Energy Committee and has penned reports on offshore renewable energy and helped guide EU policy for nearly a decade. So Morten, the EU wind power package is out now. What do you think about it? Is it a good signal for the sector? Was it really needed? How important was this package for Europe's renewable energies? So I, I'm very pleased with the uh, with, with the Commission coming out uh, like like they did. Uh, I think it it demonstrates that they take this seriously, which which I think they should. Uh, so so I, overall, I'm I'm very happy with the, what what they came out with because I, I do worry about the not least the long term uh, impact on 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 this sector. Obviously, given uh, the high interest rate, high inflation scenario, the uh, squeeze on, on supply chains, what have you, is is really uh, critical uh, for for this entire business. And and having a thorough look on on some of the fundamentals in in in, in this business is is important to do. So overall, I, I was happy with the, what came out of the commission. Obviously, we need to to dig into to it and and the specifics now. But but as a as as a signal to uh, to to the industry, I, I think it's extremely important. So so I was quite pleased with with what came out of the commission yesterday. I've I've been pushing for something like this for for some months, given uh, the dire straits that this industry is in. So so I was pleased. I was pleased yesterday. It was a good day. And like you say, it's, it's only just come out, so I'm, I'm sure you know you still need to pour over a lot of the details and things. But do you think that it's good that this package is not just exclusively about wind? I mean, you know, we talked about auctions. Obviously, that will that will benefit other renewable energy generators as well, right? So, it, from a cross sectoral point of view, is this positive as well? It is. It is, and and uh, I, I think we have to be very much aware of, uh, I mean, the, the clean tech, the renewables side of it in general, uh, how to, uh, again, create the frameworks that are, are conducive to this, which obviously includes other renewables uh, than, than than wind as, as well. So, yeah, I think it's it's important to have sort of a systemic or holistic approach to this in order to ensure that we have a, a viable uh, renewables uh, or clean tech industry in, in, in Europe for uh, for the years to come, and this obviously includes uh, difficult and technical discussions on on criteria for auctions and 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 how to include non-price criteria in a way that also is uh, fast and and transparent uh, and and so so it's not an easy thing to do obviously but but uh, for sure we we need to take a, a hard look on 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 these issues. We're not going to meet our climate and energy goals without wind. That's very clear. After a concerning period of stagnation, it looks like the sector is getting back on its feet. There's plenty of catching up to do, but if regulators can get the nitty-gritty details right, like permitting and auction design, there is massive potential just waiting to be unlocked. Can't wait to see how this all pans out. Thanks for joining me for today's Jolt. I'll be back on Friday with another edition. In the meantime, check out the new episode of What Matters, which looks at how Poland's recent election is set to change the country's approach to energy and climate. Keep an eye on foresightdk.com as well for a new article 
on District Heating, publishing soon. Thanks to everyone behind the scenes at Foresight for helping make the jolt possible, and shout out to Mute Island for providing the theme music. Until next time, thanks for being a part of the jolt. Thank you.